Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel O'Connor. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've bitten a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. How to sell your winners. That is the question on today's show. Good morning. Welcome to Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel, Joel Conan, Dennis Dick, Mitch Hotch. Uh, that's the question we're going to ask, right? Because, of course, we're all up in all of our positions, right? Obviously, right? That, that's how this market works. So we're going to talk about how to sell our winners. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it, right? We got some earnings. We got some short squeezes. And that's the story of the day. Nick Shaheen is our guest today. He is the author of Create Income with Options Spreads. He would join us at 8.35. We have Etsy as well. Elon Musk tweeted that he bought uh, – what did he buy? He bought a, uh, a hand-knit wool Marvin the Martian helm for his dog. And now Etsy is going to the moon this morning. So uh, lots to discuss uh, on our show. Joel, how you doing? How are we doing this morning in the overnight session? Uh, doing well, Spencer. Uh, nice overnight range. Uh, we got down to 3821.50 for some unknown reason. Uh, back up right here, trying to break out. I'll just give you a 59.75. That's the all-time high in the index. So that's a pretty good target today, but still early in the session. So right now, pre-market high 56.75. Crude, that's down 39, or excuse me, up 40 cents at 53.17, working its way back up to that resistance at 53.85. Gold in the red by a buck 50, 18.53.80. Silver, flat, let's call it flat at 25.49. And Bitcoin, not going with the rest of the market, it's down $2,190, 31000 250 looking kind of heavy on that $30,000 level. I'm going to bring in Triple D, but Triple D, it is absolutely gorgeous day here in Michigan. Snow coming down, and you know what? You know what I miss? I miss predicting school days, snow days, because number They're all one, snow days you, can't right ha- now. <laughs> you can't have them anymore. No, I know. Yeah, there is no snow days because you have virtual schooling, so... Uh- I mean, is Michigan, are the schools still closed, fully closed in Michigan? Ontario, they just extended it for two more weeks in Ontario, so they keep extending it, but we're totally closed. But but my kids' friends used to call my my or whatever. Yeah, you actually used a phone back then when my kids were uh, growing up. And they say, "What's your dad say? What's your dad say?" And it's gotten so much harder now because there's a severe storm warning every time, and then you look and it's one to three inches, and you're like, "What? That's a severe storm?" But uh, yeah. Anyways, people don't want to talk about the weather, Dennis. They want to talk. What do they about- want to talk about? GameStop and my and literally my Twitter feed is just littered with all these stocks and moves in Bed Bath and Beyond yesterday. I mean the moves yesterday morning. I robot. 
um, you know, just jumping through them. Uh, Clorox. I mean, Clorox fell under. hardly got any screen time. Clorox jumped 20 bucks yesterday on basically no news. They were trying to attribute it to Kimberly Clark's good quarter and was a sympathy move. Give me a break. And some of the move it took right off. I mean, it was just a matter of people who were short anything were like, one, get me the hell out. Two, I don't want to even provide liquidity right now to anything. There, <laughs> so there you go. You had market makers backing off, you know, even like some of the traders in our firm. And we short stocks, right? Trading. We're pairs traders. We're always one side long, one side short. And I've got traders talking to me and they're saying, I'm scared to short any stocks. So they're just short and spy against stocks or QQQs, like using the ETFs and the indexes, not shorting individual names because you get. You get a whole, you know, group of like fifty or a hundred shorts on. There's gonna be one or two real bad ones in there right now. Don't even so I'm spooked too. Same thing. I come in short indexes, long stocks. I don't want to be long indexes, short stocks right now because if I have a portfolio of fifty shorts going on, an overnight portfolio of fifty or a hundred shorts going on, there's bound to be one or two disasters in there. It's just this market right now. So, you know, you've got professional traders that live, you know, making markets and you know, providing liquidity, not providing as much liquidity right now. So that's how you get these crazy moves when everybody's scared to provide liquidity because they don't want to get run over. I mean, you got the market makers and it's not just our firm, a lot of prop firms and you can get it right down to your citadels and virtues. And I'm sure there's some backing off going on in a lot of stocks right now. Not saying they're not making markets altogether, but they're making them wider. And then the liquidity is down. You get a real buyer in there. It can really move price. So, you know, when you see these uh, crazy moves, what do you do? What do you do if you're in Clorox and you bought it? When we talked about it three days ago on the show, I was like, I kind of like the Clorox. I was saying as a potential lockdown trade, if we start to get more worried about, we were talking about the South African strain. And I'm like, people might start getting worried about this. I was talking about it at 197. I did not buy it. Wish I would have. What would I have done yesterday if I would have bought it? I'd have sold it. I would have sold in that move. And I sold a lot of stocks into these moves because these were ridiculous moves. You get a 10, 15% move in Clorox, you don't think about it. You take the gain. When you get, you know, 30%, 40% moves on stocks that typically don't move at all, what do you do? You take the gain because you know what? Eventually, this ride ends or you know, it pulls back. I mean, and then you get a chance to maybe get back in. But do you sell everything? Am I selling my Apple? Am I selling my Amazon? Nope. No, your core holdings. You got swing trades on, you get a 25, 30% gain in a half an hour. A lot of people are sitting there saying, I'm not taking that gain. You know what? I've seen it before. I take the gains because if you don't take the gains, the market will take them for you. BlackBerry yesterday, I sold it. It was a 44%. It's back up there again. It's giving you a second chance. It didn't have to give you a second chance. But, you know, and I'll probably regret it. It'll probably be 25 or $30 the way this market goes. But you know what? I, I agree with you. Don't go broke taking a profit. You don't want to take them too soon, the profits. But when you get 25 30%, 44% gain of BlackBerry overnight, I, I book it. I book it. That's what I do. You know what also added to the momentum yesterday is that sell-off, right? This is the, that, you know, that break in the S&Ps. This is it. This is the turn. They're getting it, you know, and it was, you know, uh, after the morning open, they took it down and people were looking for the turn. And so, all right, this is the turn. We're under 3,800. Boom, boom, boom. And then, boom, turned around and you just, before you even knew it, they were, everything was going back up. So I think that threw a little feel out. The decline brought people in, and then, boom, on the short side, and then it turned around. So I think that, They ripped yeah. it again. Yeah. Again, by the dip works once again. But, you know, some people are saying, why don't you put a stop in on BlackBerry? All right. It goes up 44% yesterday. Where was your stop? Where are you putting your stop? Because it went from 20 50 to under $16. I would assume... If you had a stop on it, most people are probably getting stops out. See, of there see that's that's what I was gonna say. That's, that's, that's my that's my problem. Pull. That's my problem. If I put in a trailing stop, I'm inclined to go like anywhere from ten to twenty percent. Well, it fell twenty percent. I'd be out. It fell thirty percent almost from the highs. Twenty five percent from the highs. What is that? Twenty eighty three down to under sixteen dollars. Yeah. A five point fall on twenty dollars stop. It fell over twenty five percent. I mean, where's your stop? You know, where, where where are you saying, okay, well, it looks know. like it's a gap fill at that point in time. 
it looked ugly at 10 o'clock. Everything turned that was up 10%. A lot of stocks turned red. So, I mean, GameStop, too, you can say, well, why don't you just put a stop on it? GameStop went from $159 to $60. Where's your stop? I mean, you know, are you, are you putting stops 60% below where the market price is? That's why there, I yeah. sell them as they're going up. I, yeah. I take the Harlan Pie and Sand. Sell your peanuts while the circus is in town. That's good. Because you know what? That town, the circus left town for GameStop. It was 110, 120, 130, 140, 150. It's 88. Do you think it's going back to 150 today? I don't think so. This market, I've learned, you can never say never. But there's people buying it today saying it's going to be $150 tomorrow. There's a lot of overhead supply here now. Yeah, now there's a little bit yeah, of pain they, in here now. Yeah. You even sold some GameStop, Joel, into this. Yes, yes. And I can't wait to get rid of the other half. I, I really do. <laughs> well, I, you, you I, have to get the permission because it wasn't your trade. It was your wife's trade. Yeah. yeah. You're like, Aladdin, you know, I got to put, give me a I, business plan. Put the business plan together. <laughs> telling me why I should sell GameStop. GameStop. <laughs> and you know what also what she does on me is she pulls up the chart and she's like, why, why would you sell this? Why would you sell it? Why would, yeah, like, yeah. Why would you sell these? Why would you do that? that are literally vertical why would you sell a vertical like trailer? why like are you yeah and i'm like just, I, 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 I think I go up 20 go up another 20 percent. i think though now you got a little different story in that one right because you, there are people that are scratching their head at what they bought this at anywhere over a hundred right and uh, I don't even think they're scratching their head yet because they've been rewarded so much by blindly chasing stocks so i'll come back tomorrow They'll be scratching their head if it's back to 40. Then they'll be like, is it coming back? You know, because they always come back. I mean, I'm going to tell you, they don't always come back. Tell I it. don't think GameStop's ever going back to 150, but I don't know. It could do If it doesn't do it in the next few days, it's probably never doing it. But this market's crazy enough that they could rip it again. I mean, these Wall Street bets, you never know. I'm not buying games. I would be selling into this rally even this morning if I owned GameStop. But I would have been selling at 30 I've been selling. I don't. Oh yeah, 40, I've been with 50, Citron. 60, 70. I, would, I was too scared to short it, but I mean, this these moves are incredible. This is like a gift. The market's just giving gifts everywhere, and I'm looking at stocks that I've been buried in, or you know, not buried, but on the on stocks that I've been down in. Obviously, we're not down in them a lot because the stocks are mar- markets at all time highs. But I mean, I'm getting like 25, 30 percent, you know, on on stocks, and, and some of these like GoGo. I had GoGo yesterday. I bought that. I went to that that scan that I did, just looking at the short squeezes, and we were just talking a few of the stocks there. You're not the only they one that's doing that. that. Yeah, they all went. I mean, go go. I bought that the day before at like twelve and a half on the close. What a like great it's name. Got a high short. It went to over fifteen dollars. The Revlon, which we talked about, oh, I, boy. It, it went up like thirty percent. I mean, these short squeezes just went up incredible moves. Thirty percent a day on a stock that has just you know not been performing on a company that has not been performing not firing all cylinders these are gifts i take the gifts i sold i sold almost all my swing longs and all these stocks stocks i had stocks going up everywhere and i was like i gotta book some of this stuff book it you know what because you know why people will look at this and they'll say oh but i missed the gain on this or i missed the game or i didn't get it all there or i went up another 50 percent afterwards move on there'll be another trade there'll be another train there's always another train at the station. You can always find another trade. I made like 400 trades yesterday. There's always another trade. So don't worry if you don't get all of the gain on your trade. Mitch Mitch is in the background here. He was booking gains too this last night on Overstock. He gave us Overstock at 61 bucks four days ago. Had a headline last night. Doesn't even matter what the headline is, but it's a bullish headline. The market interprets bullish. What do you do, Mitch? Are you there? Is Mitch there? Yeah. You know, one of the things that I did was yesterday, you know, everyone was thinking, hey, we could get these short squeezes. So in the middle of the day, I saw my stock around 66, 67. And I said, you know what? I'm going to put my order at my reward target, which was really going to be 80 on the resistance based on the technicals. But I said, hey, I'll put out 79.90. If it That's gets towards that 80. Underneath the point, yeah. Then the bid will hit and I'll get filled. So I don't have to worry about like, you know, market makers hitting my 
hitting my price so i put the order out there and i put it to be after hours also available for the after hours and hey i went from one moment looking at my position to the next moment where'd it go it's gone oh it's in the green i I think i got it up there high yeah and that's one thing that we keep on saying put your orders out there why not put your orders out there I mean, getting it in the after hours, you know, is another thing. But, you know, then there's no regret. If you put something in, if you buy it, you want to sell it, you have a target, and you put it out there, then you get done. And, that, and I think that's one thing we've been talking. Like, if you if you had a target at 1.30 in uh, GameStop yesterday, and you're like, nah, nah, boom, 140, 150, you're thinking 160. I'm thinking, oh, it's going to 200. The greed will get you. And, you know, you get too greedy, eventually you don't get nothing. So take your money and run. And then you know what? Move on. This is These are gifts. These are not normal markets. The market is gifting years of gains in days in some cases. Why not take it? Take it, move on, and this is how you make your years is booking these gains because they're not going to stay there forever. The market just, you know, and I, I know it's, you know, we're not talking stocks like Apple and Amazon. It's these crazy movers. We're trying to teach you how to trade, you know, a little bit of the crazy movers. I get in there and get down and dirty in them too. Mitch is down and dirty. When you get a good 20% move overnight, why not book the gain? It's a good trade, Mitch. You gave it to us four days, boom, 61 to 80 there you know and you, took the, you yeah. took the bulk of the meat on that one maybe you're going to regret it in a week and a half but you know what no regrets move on next trade if it goes to 90 it goes to 90 i mean you had the fubo trade and you sold it early but you know what you made some money on it you had a great call on it and you moved on who does and, you know and you know what early. you can always reload you know when the setup's who there sell early? exactly what's that better to who be doesn't early, sell who early doesn't sell early that's right i sell everything early i'm early on everything Yeah, you know, one thing I'll say is definitely, guys, if you guys enjoy the way that we approach things and kind of teach the story, definitely do us a favor and, you know, retweet at us, hit hit Benzinga. You know, we want to keep growing the show. So do us a favor, guys, hit that like down below and the bell and we'll keep growing with you guys. Uh, What I was going to say is better to be early than late. Always better to be early early than late, right? No, because you know what? You'll miss it. You will. I mean... people because then once the person who's in GameStop, some people are going to say, okay, I'll take the 89 now or the 90. But a lot of people are going to say, well, it was 150 yesterday. I don't want to sell 89. I don't want to sell 89 because I could have got 150 you're yesterday. Losing, you're basically, you know how many people are saying that? Because you're losing 90%. You're losing 90% of people are saying, well, I'm not going to sell tickets back to 150. Another you're person, losing I'm not $70 back to if you close it at 90. I, how many times have you heard that? Like, so, yeah, um, they feel like they're losing. So they I lost seventy dollars because they, I sold yeah. it at ninety instead of one sixty. And they, yeah, they feel they're looking at it that way. I mean, you never get it all. You you never get it all. I've been trading for a lot of years, and I obviously sell too early all the time. So you know, maybe you got to hold a little longer than I do. But I mean, you never get the bulk of the move. You know, I always joke I take the first bite and then leave the meat for the you know everybody else. You know, which is you know the wrong thing to do. I need to take more meat myself. I need to learn how to hold it a little better better myself and i'm doing a little bit better with it this year but at the same time if you hold on too long you're gonna not get any bites at all and so, and for those rare occasions where you do get the whole thing there's a term for that it's called luck oh it's called luck you got great lucky. quote write that down that yeah. goes in the book that goes where spencer Page israel seven. guest chapter in the book we're throwing that in there <laughs> when we write it chapter. somebody's gonna write this book <laughs> not us yeah, I had somebody reach out. They said, I'll write your book for you because I was like, I don't have the time. They're like, I'll write your book for you. <laughs> so I, I'd love to actually uh, write a book, but with the two kids and trading 50 hours a week. And all Dennis, you'd stuff. go crazy. You couldn't write a book. You don't have you, – it would be... I used to write quite a bit. I used to write in CFA Magazine. I used to write some for Ben Zing. I used to you, write stuff. I don't have the time for it. If I you, if you started a book – In this okay, economy? <laughs> it, would be, it would be longer than War and Peace. <laughs> be too long. You would like start... be one tangent. The whole book's one big tangent. <laughs> one sentence. One big run-on sentence. It's like this sentence doesn't stop. This guy doesn't know how to use periods. Send him back to grade two punctuation. All, All right. right. Should, should we move on? Should, should we move on? They want to talk Nokia. Everybody wants to talk Nokia. Is this the be- next big short squeeze? I'm going to say no 
The reason I'm going to say no is this is a widely held company. It is thick. Mm-hmm. Last night, I don't. I haven't shortened stocks. Last night, I shorted Nokia. It got up to five forty or five fifty last night. Joel, look at the after hours chart. I think I shorted five thirty five. So okay, I, I almost got the high. So I went short at five thirty five overnight. I did it right almost before the eight o'clock close because I was like, you know what? Over in Europe, I don't think they're jacking this thing up sixty cents. I don't think they're jacking it over ten percent in Europe because this is an ADR that's traded in Europe heavily. A lot of people own this stock in Europe, controlled by European pricing. I don't think they're going to jack it that much. So over in Europe, when when this is trading 535 last night in the U.S., they're sleeping in Europe. It's 2 o'clock in the morning. So when they wake up, market makers get in there. It's like, no, you know, they're not even looking at the U.S. price. They're looking at their own markets, and then the U.S. price will reprice off their markets. So it was a gift last night. So I shorted 535. I actually, actually traded down like an open at 481, but I didn't get up at 4 a.m. to cover my position. I probably should have just put an order out there like Mitch. I would have got covered. I got the whole thing because it traded down to 481. But then it started, you know, so I've just covered it here about a half an hour ago. So it's just an overnight short. But you take a quick 30 cents on a $5 stock. It's not a bad trade. I, it's just so thick. I, I don't think I think it'll even struggle. Never say never, man. In this market, no, I never think... say never. But I, people are trying to look for the next short squeeze. I don't think this is it. Do you think Nokia is going to ten bucks? It's like AT and T, Verizon. I mean, these are thick companies. Is it high short interest? Yeah, but it's so thick. So, so, so the recipe to get the short squeeze is gotcha. low no, loaders. Well, it's got the low price, which is good, but this is not a low floater. It, you know, it's got like a five, like five, is that right? Five billion? It's ridiculous. Oh, yeah. It's trade 24 million shares already. And it's up 15 cents. So, I, you know, it was a huge move yesterday for it. Impressive move. I did not think Nokia. And I didn't think Macy's could have that move either. So it could continue to go. But I don't think this is a $10 stock or a $15 stock or a $20 stock. And, I don't and, see that and, and again, possibly happening. And again, it could, but it I trades, don't see it, it trades over in uh, Helsinki. That's the primary market, right? So, yeah. That's, what I, that's why I shorted it in the U.S. Right. markets last night. Because you know what? People who are pricing it at $7.45 at night in the U.S. are pricing it just off of their own. You know, They're pricing it off. It's, it's not the primary market. So you've got you know just mispricing. And then it reopens at 481. And, you know, if, obviously, like I said, if I woke up at 4 a.m., I could have covered him and took the whole gap. So, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm scared to short everything. I wasn't scared to short Nokia up a 10% last night. <laughs> so I'm surprised it's up 3.5%. I'm surprised that it actually, you know, didn't, you know, stay down there at 485. But you got a lot of people who are short maybe that and just covering that too. There's, there's some nervous Nellies in there. But it's a lot easier. If you're short a huge position in Nokia, you can get covered within a couple of cents, even if you're a big institution. You know how many shares are on the offer right now? There's like half a million shares of 502, and there's like another half a million of 503. These are thick stocks. Hard for that to happen. Yeah, and it's already been priced. You know. Uh, yeah, this is already priced. I mean, this is high frequency in market making too. But I mean, you can get out of the get in and out of these stocks fairly easily. You're not squeezing somebody in Nokia that doesn't want to get squeezed. It's but you go on GameStop and they got like five days worth of position on there, and you're seeing it rip. You squeezed them there. It's a big difference. Big difference in stock. Yeah, right. uh, yeah. Just different characteristics in it, and have it thick stock. So if you want to get long a million, right, you can do it between what two pennies, right? You're saying so. Oh yeah, you're not you're not squeezing anyone in Nokia. If they want to get out, they can get out fairly easily. You're squeezing people in KOSS this morning, though. I will tell you that K-O-S-S. it was on the list too. Like when I ran that scan, and I can see this person. So the person they were following is this William uh, on Twitter. I'm going to give it to you right now. It's uh, he's going to love you for it's this. Will Will Mead at real Will Mead? Does that sound familiar? Uh, I don't know much about him, but. Um, I do follow him on Twitter. Um, he uh, have him on the show. He's some. He's um, like people. He's got a hundred thousand followers, and he's like tweeting familiar. out what Reddit's gonna do. You know, so people are following him, <laughs> and he's uh, he gave him GameStop early, so that's why people are really following this guy because he's he gave him GameStop early. Well, but he well, ran the same he, scan. He, he didn't. He didn't give GameStop. Someone he he spread the GameStop out but it was already out there well he's he talking about GameStop, so he's talking talking about way before a lot of other people were talking about yeah it. so i mean nobody gives anything it's, it's opinions right yeah so yeah. 
but I'm looking, you know, and the scan that he tweeted out, you know, if, if you can, I don't know if you can show it, but that scans, you know, that scans the same scanner I was using, and it was just, he ran the same scan that I was using. Yeah, and he I, just, I, I then he just cherry picked the name KOSS. He yeah. cherry picked, and I saw this name earlier in the morning too, and I didn't do it. I should have did this one. I did a lot of them. I didn't do KOSS. I had it on my list. I just didn't do it. And he tweeted out around three o'clock, and the stock ripped from three to six, and now it's at ten. So crazy moves. I mean, again, if you're in KOSS, um, I don't know, it's up 200%. You know, is it going higher? It could, but don't let it get away from you because it'll end take ugly. It, you. Maybe if it's you going have to a 50. target, take it. I, you're not, I'm not, yeah, you have a target, take it. I'm not saying I know where to short these things. I don't know where the, the, <laughs> the, where the circus show is over. It always looks like it's ending, but then they bring out another act. So I don't know. It's 1033. It's an incredible two-day move, though. Incredible. Um, we we will get Free to market earnings. highs right at twelve bucks in that one. So if you're looking for 12. follow through, wow. yeah, this thing got to twelve. So to keep an eye on that potential target, uh, big all range yesterday, right at the open, this thing took off. So not even gonna ask what they do because it doesn't make any difference. And yeah. here I'll I'll just bring it up for a second. This is like this is what Will me tweeted. Uh, you can you can follow him on Twitter uh, at. I'll read you his handle right now. It's at Real Will Mead. Like the that's a Finviz scanner, right? Right. This is oh, that that's a Finviz scanner. That's a right there public Finviz. I mean, right, I ran exactly. The same scanner. It's, it, exactly free and there's a free uh, Finviz. It's not like he's got these awesome scanners. He's ran the same scanner I did. Yeah. He's tweeted it out, and yeah. he's got a good following. So, but you know, a lot of the, that's where I was getting the list of GoGo Rev. I, I got that list. Cost was there. I probably didn't buy cost because there probably wasn't anything to buy. Like I was looking in the free market that morning. <laughs> there probably wasn't a market. There probably was, wasn't anything to lift. So I probably just moved on. I was lifting offers yesterday morning looking for short squeezes. So you know, I lifted quick, a rev Quick market structure question here. Yeah. Um, uh, Chris Brown's asking about explain days to cover and how it affects the shorts. And man, I is it that is relevant now? Because if you're getting well, it's called very in, relevant. Well, you're getting called in. You're getting called in, but the, well, it's yeah, but based it's on some some three, four some days. If you've got a position that's three, four days worth of volume, that's where you get squeezed. That's where you're squeezing people big time. Because, like I said, this is exactly what I'm talking about with Nokia. Your days to cover on a position, Nokia. If you're short. 5 million shares or 10 million shares of Nokia, your days to cover, you, know, you covered it in the pre-market or you trade 24 million shares. So you can get covered. You can get covered probably within 1% or 2% on that position. You just got to start lifting offers. But when you've got GameStop before this started and you got three, four days to cover, good luck. It's wide. I mean, think about it. I'm looking at it and there's, there's a sizable offer there right now, but it's typically twos and ones. You're short like 100,000 shares of GameStop you're like, good luck. Oh, that's a hard position to work. So that's what we're talking about days to cover is like how big you are. I mean, we all benefit to a certain extent because we're not running hedge funds and we're playing, exactly. you know, with smaller amounts of money. We're small fish in a big sea. So we can get in and out. Even myself, I'm playing with prop money, but I'm not got a hundred thousand shares of GameStop short. I might short, you know, if I was in it and getting crazy with it, maybe I'm doing a couple thousand, I'm not doing a hundred thousand. So, I mean, this is, you know, the difference. And this is that why, you know, as you get bigger, your slippage increases. You know, you're going to have massive slippage. It's all institutions are worried about is slippage. How much am I going to move the stock trying to get in it? How much am I going to move the stock trying to get out of it? You know, we use algorithm. They do all kinds of things. Joe Saluzzi, who we're going to ha have on next week, is an institutional trader. I mean, he's trading for institutions, trying to work big orders for institutions. So, you know, Joe knows a lot about this stuff, too. And we can ask him next week when Can't we have Can't wait on. to talk to Joe. Yeah, he's Joe's gonna... awesome. So, but, you know, that's what time with days to cover. It's like, okay, well, you're short a huge position. Now it starts getting squeezed. It's like, if you're short costs, KOSS. That's tough to cover. You got like three, four days worth of volume. You're just sitting here. You're like, I don't even know what to do. So, you know, you see it go from three to six and you're like, I got so much volume. I just can't start lifting 650. It's going to start going seven on me. I'm too big. So moral of the story is don't get so big if you don't have to. But I mean, when you're an institution and you got big money, it's tough. So, I mean, you know, think about, you know, even Kathy Wood, you know, she's got to lag into all her little positions because she's getting so much inflows coming in all the time. 
So, you know, you can see how she does it. The stock rips higher, she doesn't buy that day, but then they pull back on the dips and then she buys a little bit more. You know, it's almost like you can predict kind of what she's buying because you can see the stocks that she likes, like she's ACCD. Yep. Yeah, ACCD she bought again yesterday um, because the stock had a pullback. Look at the candle yesterday. So she had been buying that and then she didn't buy it for two, three days. What's the symbol on that one? ACCD, Accolade. Oh. But if you were looking at it, you know, you can tell she wants to accumulate a position in it. You can see it. Um, because every time it dips, every time it's got a red candle, she bought it that day. So she's buying it on dips. She's trying to work her way into this position. So, and then traders buy it for a couple of days and then she lays off. And then people start forgetting about it, gets a red candle, gets a pullback, and then she starts to buy it. So she bought ACCD yesterday because it has a red candle. It's going to trade up two points today because, oh, Kathy Wood bought it. But I mean, you could almost see and predict, you know, while well, she already was buying that one before, has big red candle, she might get down and dirty in there again. All right, want to do any uh, any earnings before we bring Nick on? <clears throat> or we yeah, just we got a whole pile of them. Let's go. Let's rip through them. Spencer, Spencer? Did we lose Spencer. Q, Spencer. Did we okay, lose? it's just me and you, Joel. No, sorry, sorry, I was on mute. I was on mute. I was talking to myself. I was, ta- I was talking to myself. I, I said I answered Joel's question. I said Joel, we probably should. And then I said, and, and then I said, where should I start? And then I was like, wait, I'm not talking to anyone. All right. Well, we got to start with General Electric. All right. Yeah. It's a big move. Why they own stock? It's a story back. It is this morning. Uh, so the EPS uh, on a gap basis was uh, 27 cents, but if you adjust it, it's only down to eight cents, which is uh, missed the estimate by a penny on that print. Uh, sales 21.9 versus 21.8 billion dollars. They did give some uh, EPS guidance for the year, uh, 15 to 25 cents per share is their EPS guidance for the fiscal year. Uh, that either is not comparable or badly misses the 38 cent estimate uh, for, the, for, for the fiscal <laughs> so year. So the numbers uh, sound terrible just on initial reaction. What did uh, this ad- stock do? Adjusted, they sound okay on a gap basis. Not great. Joel, what did the stock do off the hop? Did the algos head? Ah, uh, they no, no, no. There's no hitting stocks anymore, Joel. <laughs> what algos out there short in stocks? They're like, nah, thank you. Oh, bad. Uh, no, they caught it. It uh, where'd we close yesterday? We closed ten ninety nine yesterday. So I don't know what what time the actual report came. Oh, this is the. Um, let's see, where's the after? What time did the report come out, Spencer? It came out after with this morning, right? I, so it was I just hanging exactly. at eleven. Yeah, that's right. And it just caught a bid. I mean, not much else you could talk about this one except twelve bucks, right? A lot of stock. That's where it's going to trade. Eleven ninety one was the high of the move. You know, it goes. You know, goes take out all the twelve sellers. Goes twelve yeah. bid, twelve ten, twelve twenty. The only thing I would be a little careful on this one is if you do get that twelve hold, you get to pop to like twelve fifteen, twelve seventeen. And then you turn and you come back down through the open. So uh, everyone's yeah. going to be focusing on 12 bucks today. Ed. That's the way you trade. Joel, you've t- you taught me this back in 1999. I still use it today. It's like, where is the stock open? Does it trade above the open? Then you got a green light. It starts taking out the opening price. You get the hell out. Um, and that has worked for me for 20 years, you know, trading, you know, as using those as stops, using those opening prices as stops. Once the stock's going in your direction. Again, when you're trading these big, thick stocks, G likes to trade in 50 cent increments. So it's through the 1150, it looks like it's looking at struggling at the 12. Now, again, in the pre-market, anything can happen. I had somebody tweeting me this morning, hey, Nokia's through five. And it doesn't matter what it does in the pre-market. It's what it does. And Nokia is obviously ADR, so it's a bad example. But what does it do during the regular session? Because the, a lot of the volume, you know, a lot of the institutional traders aren't trading the pre-market. Some are, a lot aren't. So what's the real, when the real volume, when New York opens, you know, where is the price? What does, what's holding? You know, is there some size in the book that's going to hold it down? So 12 is a natural thought. Takes out 12, you start thinking about 1250. Takes a twelve fifty. You start thinking about thirteen. The Kenny Glick theory that works too. So I mean, we're at twelve. We're struggling at twelve. Guilty until proven innocent. Can it get through twelve? Fundamentals are meaningless. They're trying to analyze the stock on you know an earnings report and saying well they missed, but there should be down. That doesn't mean anything in this market. The market is completely disconnected with fundamentals on everything. So you just got to look at trading action. Technicals mean a lot here right now. So twelve bucks is a big number. Let's 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 do a couple more. Let's do one more before Nick Shaheen. Let's do Verizon real fast. They don't like it this morning. The EPS beat, the sales beat, the give guidance that was higher. Doesn't matter. 
Yeah. Okay. So this fits the bill of like, oh, it's a dividend stock having four point three percent. What the hell do we want to own a dividend <laughs> stock paying us four percent? We get we have we get forty percent a day in GameStop. We're not gonna buy Verizon. So again, you've seen stocks like Coca Cola in the gutter here. Um, and, you know, obviously some of the food stocks were just got silly yesterday, but they had, were in the gutter before this. But the consumer staples before yesterday have not been performing well. The utilities before yesterday have not been performing well. A little bit of a reversal yesterday, a little bit of a breakout for some of them, but they've been underperforming. And the reason is people aren't sitting around for 4 or 5% of the stock. Boring. Boring. People want to make 4% on their money. They want to make 40% on their money, and they want to do it in a day or in a week. So Verizon is a kind of stock that is just not sexy in this market here right now. Does yield become sexy again? If the market starts to go into the gutter, it does. But right now, this is full FOMO. People aren't interested in 4.3% dividend stocks that aren't growing. So I'm not surprised Verizon sells off no matter what it says. A uh, little pop off the headline number over 58.80, but then uh, the sellers came in. And we're trading at the lows of the pre-market session, 57.83. So, huh, we got to wait. 57.18 was yesterday's low. I mean, that's way down there. Two days low, 57.76. So, I don't I don't think they're going to take this thing down to yesterday's low. Always a possibility, but uh, still 70 cents. Really, that's the only reference number. A, a more mild, I mean, there's a couple of closes. And uh, fifty-seven twenty-seven, but that's right near that's right near yesterday's low. But people don't care about Verizon. No, they don't. They want to make their money faster, and that's why these stocks have been underperforming here for a while. Um, keep keep going, Ernie. Or well, let, 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 let's bring on our guest. So hit Go. that like hit that like button for Nick Shaheen. He's the author of Create Income with Options Brands. He's going to turn his camera settings off so we don't see this. Really ugly. Uh, <laughs> hey, 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 now. Oh, hey, Nick. Hey, hey, hey. Through it. Oh, oh, Nick. Can we do something besides that? He's got this lot. I don't do video. How about that still of you, Nick, where you look all stupid? Oh, no, no, no. Yes. We don't want that. I like don't from, do video. Like 12 Just... years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I like, like the slash through, slash through video. Slash through. Like... I'm hardcore. Two things about what you guys were talking. Two things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one, somebody had an idea about that slash thing the other day. You, you did something on your end that went away. But anyway, so you talked about GE. Above 12 brings 21, if you're willing to wait. Oh, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> oh, did you no, just hear hey. me hit the floor? I, I'll hey, go for 12. What do you wait. Why not? Why wait. not, Nick? Wait. Why it, not? What do you mean, why not? It's in the chart. No, I'm look. agreeing with you. I'm saying, why not? Yeah, go look at a monthly chart, and then you'll see. You, you've got a, a pattern that's perfect, and now the upper edges are breaking. And then the descending channel, the upper end of it is 2250. So say 20 to 21. Oh, if you look, if you look at it, if you look at it, if you look at it a shorter term, um, it looks like a wonky looking cup and handle thing where there's a neckline that's going to break 12 to 1350. There is some sort of a questionable area around 19 because of what happened. In 2015, there was a big dip out of nowhere. I don't remember what that was. But if you're long under seven, like I said to do, uh, you're sitting fat and happy and you can trim and leave runners. That was a flash crash um, in okay. August of 2015. Well, sometimes the flash crash shows you where the market wants to be um, and wants to flip one way or another. So it is a pivot zone to note. And it was also 2011 uh, top and breakout zone um, somewhere in 2012. So it's a place to look at. Are what I'm saying, no, I'm, I'm <laughs> done with it. I called it under seven, I moved on. And um, as far as Verizon, I shared along on Benzinga uh, and it was up 40% in a couple of days. So it's not that boring. 40% of Verizon? The the, the, cost. the option. Oh, yeah. the options. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. Does it matter how you make your money? Hey, no, Nick, no, it doesn't matter. Nick, yeah, Nick, Nick, real fast, just just turn that that camera setting off on on the bottom left there, so we can get rid of this. Uh, just ugly. I, I think this is. Uh, you like can get, uh... <laughs> I like the slash. No, we're gonna call him slash. I don't like the slash. <laughs> we're gonna call him. Slash. You know, this is. I just want Nick. Is, I mean, if you look at longer term charts, and we are definitely getting historical moves here. 
uh, you know, when this thing topped out at what thirty-two bucks uh, back in uh, July of two thousand sixteen, and then you know took a while to put a base in there at five fifty-eight six. I mean, you are uh, nowhere near. I mean, it it might take a while, but you are nowhere near half of this. In in stocks do retrace, and that's at eighteen seventy. That's nice with a monthly high. So anything can happen on a daily chart. This looks yeah. So you said you said you said they're they're just traders right now. There's no thesis, uh, and they're riding waves. Um, What I read, you might know more about this. That machines are doing eighty to ninety percent of the trades. Right? They're not sentimental about anything. They if they care. if if they look at the math, they look at the history, which literally what happened in the charts before, and they decide if the extensions work based on their formulas. So everybody's got quote AI out there, um, yes. and none of it depends on sentiment. I I think I think a lot of it's still sentiment, though. I mean, mm. the sentiment will dictate what you know what even retail is doing, what certain traders <laughs> are doing. The algos just follow all that. Algos <laughs> is going with momentum. Yeah, I mean, so, but then there's so many algos that are doing different things, Nick. Yeah. I mean, the but they're all based. 80, they're all so, based. They're all based on binary decisions, zeros and ones, and data on the chart. That's how a computer thinks. You know, well, I, I I was raised on building computers, and it was all zeros and ones. Uh, that's all there is to it. You say algos. None of it says, "Hey, if you feel like this, do that." None. It says, "If you see this in the data, act on it based on the formulas in your code." Yeah, I've done algorithmic trading for 20 years, so I know a little right. bit about it too. But I would say when you're saying 80 to 90 percent of the volume moving away, you're absolutely. I didn't correct. say that. I said you know more about it, but that's what I read. So yeah, what, 80 to 90, what you I'm and saying, I do, what you and I do, doesn't matter much. No, so we should it, no, just read the chart. It does matter and, and follow the machine mm-hmm. because 80 percent, okay. the 80 to 90 percent. I'll tell you why it matters. The 80 to 90 percent of the volume is, you know, 80 percent. Mm-hmm. When you say 80 to 90 percent, most of that's market making. Most of, most of that is just passive liquidity providing, which we're doing a little bit less of right now because the market moves have been ridiculous. But most of that is not directional trading. So a little bit of direction from 22% of your retail can dictate, you know, what is going to happen. So, you know, for the majority of your algorithmic trading that you read in the stats, it's not directional trading. It's simply making spreads, making markets. So the, there is directional algorithms out there, though. You know, momentum ignition, there's all that kind of stuff out there, too. It's a smaller piece of that. But if you get sentiment going in one direction and start driving the price higher due to, you know, sentiment from human beings, the algorithms will pick up on that price action. So it may not have sentiment in their algorithms. Now, don't even kid yourself. There's some sentiment built into some algorithms as well. But it's not like the algorithms, you know, in there. But there's, you know, quants that are working on and doing that kind of stuff, too. But it's, you know, because of this happening, then, you know, the algos are picking up on the price action that you're talking about, the ones and the twos from the chart, the zeros and the ones, sorry, the zeros and the ones from the chart. So is that that's why sentiment matters, because a few directional traders can trigger the algorithms to start buying the stock. Uh- Perhaps, like you, like I said, you know more about this than the, the, I put my head down and I trade the charts. I think you guys are kind of agreeing here. We because, are because we are. the uh, what what Dennis is saying is that the momentum and the sentiment kind of goes into the charts and or into the algos. The algos pick it up. And, All right, yeah. so let's let's do this. Let's do this. Let's I do see. Okay. I, I read a comment in there in, in your stream that says, "I'm wasting airtime." My buddy Will there says that. So let's oh, let's no. do something to to just spruce up this thing. What about, how about how about we talk some charts? Like what happened with Yimmy? I'm pretty sure you beat that. Yeah, to death. all right, yeah. Let's so go. This is the first time ever that I buy puts in a stock and I almost double my money when the stock rips hundred <laughs> percent. What stock? What stock? GME. Well, the the explosion in implied volatility made me money on long puts. I know. I couldn't believe it. I paid four dollars for my puts. I sold them for seven. And and it went against you. The position. Yes, it was up a hundred percent against me. It was just insane. So that was, and now I'm still short the stock via thirty dollar puts that are free for March. So 
Um, hey, wait, Nick. What is this could car- get in the money eventually, Nick. Great. Could it's possible, Nick? Nick, what is this chart you just share with us? I'll, I'll, I'll bring it up right now. It looks like you got uh, the S and P on. The well, this left. is my trading plan for today that I okay. shared the 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 helicopter trading plan. So it's basically yesterday I had lines. I had these bubbles yesterday, and I said, which bubbles am I watching on one twenty five? And then uh, they they hit almost both of them. On the upper left is the S and P. Next to it is the Nasdaq, which is a completely net. Uh, earnings trade. Uh, the Dow is on the lower left. It is still the one that left an opportunity on the table. You can see the resistance lines up there. Um, and the small caps are the ones I'm watching because, you know, I w- have you guys talked about it? The fact that they used to say we're rolling out of growth, which is the, uh, the NASDAQ into uh, value, which is the small caps. Well, I pulled up a live uh, list of all the small cap stock and I pull it up daily to see what's actually moving yeah. And it it is not value. It's all of these SPAC companies in there. And Plug Power is almost $30 billion market cap. It, it was 15 like two weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, so they're definitely not small caps. The What's going on in the small caps, it represents the mentality right now, which is trade everything bonkers. I, I mean, how do you, when you approach this and you're an options seller, um, how do you approach and control uh, like talk about controlling risk in this environment because right now okay. you know, option buyers are getting paid in certain stocks you okay. know, they are in certain stocks talk about you know what you do how you adjust your strategies in an environment that's kind of going bonkers um you limit your exposure so risk is two pieces number one is w- what's the consequence if i lose and number two is what are my odds of losing? So okay. once you decide on the consequence, how much I'm going to lose, you make that decision and you move on. You don't jigger this one because especially if it's a speculative bet, because you don't average down on something speculative. You accept the risk and you manage. Is it still likely for me to win? Is it the same as when I entered it? That's the part you manage, the incident risk rather than the size of the risk. Because if you commit to anything, like jumping a gap on a bicycle or a motorcycle, if you think, okay, I can make it, maybe I'll twist my ankle versus, uh oh, I'm going to die. You decide whether you're going to jump or not. And then what are the odds on going onto the ramp if you're going to bail or not? So, evil Knievel. Is that the evil Knievel? No, uh, the evil Knievel throws himself and it's like, uh, whatever happens, happens. What was that thing he tried to jump in? um, Something in Vegas. The Grand Canyon. I think it was that Vegas, was uh, was some sort of a foul. No, no, the Green Canyon. Yeah, Evil, so and Evil did it, and then his son Johnny did it. I, I remember it was they like did a wide world Canyon? of sports, man. Yeah. So, so you use options. So if I like a stock here, why yeah. wouldn't I sell a put instead to own that same stock 30% lower and get paid for it to be long now? Uh, so if I decide, it, regardless of what the stock is, it could be a ticker. It doesn't have to be a stock. I don't do that in ETFs because, uh, you know, there's a bucket of things I don't understand in there. So um, uh, it's just use a strategy that limits your risk instead of buying a pile of uh, cash, committing a pile of cash to buy equity outright. um, I can buy a debit call spread. So, for example, Boeing, if it's reporting earnings, uh, you know, even though I called it a lot lower from 100 on. And if I wanted to allocate new money for the earnings, and it's a bet for the earnings overnight, the reaction is nobody has an, an edge on it. Uh, we think we do, but we don't. Uh, not even the CEO can tell us what it's going to do the next day. So I would I would put a shorter term uh, debit call spread, for example, where I buy a call and I sell a call above it, say $10 wide. So the opportunity is still to double, triple, quadruple my money, but with a smaller amount that will break my heart maybe, but not break my piggy bank. I stand corrected. Evil's son is is Robbie. I said Johnny. <laughs> I, I, I I have to get 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 up on on the Knievel uh, clan. Yeah. Uh, Nick, Nick Shaheen is the author of Create Income with Option Spreads. Always sharing good trades uh, with us, Nick. As always, we appreciate it. Thanks a lot. No worries. I appreciate the opportunity. All right. Thanks, Nick. Thanks, Nick. Eight forty-eight. Let's do some tickers. We've only gotten to a couple of this show. A few people have been asking about Palantir. Sure, uh, brought yeah, this up yesterday. Uh, Today is there yeah. some kind of a demo day? I think it's at four thirty p.m. Eastern time, and I don't know what they're going to demo, but I don't know know what they do anyway. So this is probably going to be educational for <laughs> all of us. Nobody knows what Palantir does, but 
I mean, that move yesterday is a reason not to use stops in itself because you had the big gap up and the stock went all the way up to $39.58. And then in a matter of an hour, it went under 30 10, to 29.56. It yeah. lost 10 points. It lost 33% in an hour. It's come all the way back up there, but there were some people that were like throwing up a little bit, probably chasing, you know, that chased that move yesterday. That's why I said on a lot of these Momo flyers, I do believe we topped out yesterday. Um, so that's why I was selling all of these. Not in the overall market, because I've like I've said before, Amazons and Apples aren't in bubbles. But on these little flyers that have just gone crazy. It was everything to look like upside capitulation because you had the big violent move where we can't believe what we're seeing in a stock like GameStop and a stock. And it wasn't just GameStop, like Clorox, you know, like it was like moves. These are going to be tough for these stocks to recapture these highs. Palantir's got news. It's a wild stock. It could recapture the $39. It's already $34.94. But there's some overhead supply in here issue now, Joel. Like I, on I all think these stocks. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, one thing, you know, if you're trading Palantir today and obviously a big all range yesterday, a 10 buck range, I think, I mean, I can't emphasize the importance of that close of 36.23. I mean, that is the mark. That is where the the institutions, you know, that maybe thought they were going to sell at 40. It didn't get there. They look at 36.23. And we did spend some time above. Actually, where, what was this 4 a.m. open? This 4 a.m. open was 36.67. And then it sold off from there. So just pre-market high, the all-time closing high. If they rip this thing to the upside, that's your first area of resistance. And I would just keep an eye on that. And I think, and I, you know, just to emphasize this point, I'm not sure what it did yesterday. Uh, but what did Netflix do? All right. You had this wild day, right, on earnings. It makes an all-time high by a wide margin. It makes an all-time closing yeah. high at 586.34. How much time have you spent above 586.34 in the last three sessions? You huh. traded above it the following day to 588.75. That was your last opportunity to sell that stock. Now it is, I don't know what it's trading. Now it's $33 lower than that closing price. So the highs and lows are sexy, but I think, you know, especially emphasizing, putting, looking at that closing price can help you more be, than than just worrying about, oh, I'm going to get, what, 39.58 or something was the high yesterday. So that's what I'm looking at in Palantir. And I guess I could get rid of this uh Range in I mean, uh, Palantir still got a story where I'm not saying I didn't think the all time high. I don't know. No. Nobody knows anything. I'm going to keep saying nobody knows anything. We just play in percentages. But when you see a 30% sell off in a stock and then a bounce back, a lot of times you get back near those highs that run into more sellers. What did Blackberry do this morning? What did Blackberry do this morning? Look Pulling at Blackberry. This is a perfect example of what I'm talking about. You had the you know the ridiculous rally, which it really was. You had the ridiculous sell-off because it lost like 25% in a matter of three, two hours after it hit that high. And then you've had the bounce back, the snap back this morning. But look, it's struggling again up. And I know maybe it took it out even in the pre-market. But you know we didn't stay up there long. And now we're starting to leak here again, making me think that 2083 is safe for now. So if you're actually shorting stocks, now you got some lines in the sand. You got some lines in the sand, and you say, oh, we're going to rip the shorts off. But when you're small, you're not getting squeezed. You think you're squeezing me? I got you know, I got 1,000 shares or something. I can get out on the offer. So, you know, you may be going to squeeze, you know, Citron if he's huge and he's got, you know, a million shares. And I don't think Andrew's that big either. Maybe he is. But, I mean, you think about squeezing people that we don't cover. You know, we cover. You think, oh, I'm going to squeeze the hell out of Dennis because he's bearish as stock. You're not going to squeeze me. I'm not going to let it get away from me. If you're small enough, you don't have to let anything get away from you. Even on GameStop, you could take short trades if you could get a locate. You know, you can get out. You know, if you got 500,000 shares or something, you get out on the, within 20 cents. So don't kid yourself. You're not Every person that says I'm shorting the stock is not getting squeezed. Maybe if you're a big positional trader and a big hedge fund, yeah, you can squeeze those people. And yes, we were seeing the short squeeze. But as a trader, you can take a directional bet here and say, 
I think the 2083 holds. I personally think the BlackBerry high, short-term high, is in after that candle yesterday. So I'd say it gets up near that 20 end. You try it short. It takes out and makes a new high on the 2083. Okay, I'm wrong. I'm going to eat my loss, my 4 or 5% loss on it. And move um, on. And move on. Move on. But, you know, you take directional bets, but don't let them get away from you. This is where, you know, novice traders let the trade get away from you. And they're going to do it on the long side probably because a lot of people don't short stops. So they'll get in the trade and say, oh, yeah, I think GameStop is going to 1000 I'm going to buy it at $120. It goes to 160 like I told you. And then it's down here at 88 and they're like, well, it's still going to 1000 So, you know, it comes back up to that 120 Some people are going to maybe cut their loss. Other people are going to stick with it and say, no, no, it's going there. You know, maybe, maybe it is. This market's stupid enough to do anything. But I highly doubt it. The likelihood of that happening is very unlikely. And the likelihood that this stock gives back the majority of these gains eventually, in my opinion, is very high. Uh, also in the uh in the pre-market um you know i mean it, it traded good volume when it went up to 2229 so it just wasn't like uh you know but you know the you know the uh aggressive traders you know they just they keep you know they keep lifting offers they keep lifting offers you know till they they could ferret out a seller right and they kept on you know they lifted it through uh you know the 20 handle they lifted it through the 21 handle the 22 actually 22 was like the initial high and then it just got back up there this morning so there's good volume trading on these things and you know they're just trying to like hey when am i gonna poke a, a seller's you know you know in the side to get them to come out and they they do that i mean it's probably all done by alg algorithms but uh i mean where blackberry i i'll just go the same thing with uh the close the close from yesterday 20 or that was the high from yesterday 2083 that's yeah. a good number yeah and you know anyone that shorted this thing they're loving to see that close of 1803 and uh doesn't look like it's going to be doing that today well, we know, but it, it can. I mean, it can. It, can. it has leaked significantly. I don't think that 1803 is off the table at all. This thing was $22 in the pre-market. It's 1940 So if you're just looking at the pre-market chart, which is why we started pre-market prep, because there's I so know. much information from that pre-market chart. Somebody coming in saying, oh, BlackBerry's having a great day. It's up 7%. But you look at that pre-market chart. Is it really it, it, having it, it, a great all those What a mistake games, we did, Dennis. All those look games happened in the morning. What a mistake yeah. we've done by creating pre-market prep. Oh, I'm so ashamed of myself. <laughs> I mean, we look, though, at $22. And it's 1945 It's already two and a half bucks. The stock is off significantly from the highs. That's a concern if you're a bull. A major concern. I think it's going to try to get back up near that 20 again. I think it's going to struggle at the 2083. I really do. If it takes it out, I'm wrong. I'll cover my short and get out. But this thing starts getting back up towards the upper 20s. I'll try to short it. I'll try it off that level because I got a number. I'm not going to let it go 22, 25, 30 on I me mean, unless it halts and gets taken over. I've had that. And, you know, people say, oh, well, news could happen. I trade overnight. You know, I've had probably, you know, a, a, a millions of physical trades, trade millions of physical trades. The amount of times I've had a stock halt on me and get taken over, I think is twice. I think that's happened to me twice out of like, I don't know, I'm millions of trades, twice. These are not normal events. So you can normally, especially if you're an intraday trader, you can stop yourself out. You can get out. You're small enough. The majority of our listeners are small enough that they don't have to get squeezed. So don't think you can't take a bet on the short side. You can. Just don't let the stock get away from you. That's all. Don't let it get away from you. Great point. Great point. Can we can we talk Etsy real fast just before we, oh we wrap? We, we haven't gotten to it today. Great um, story. I, 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 I think bought a maybe, sweater on Etsy. Yeah, I think gotcha. maybe Elon just testing the water, see how seeing how <laughs> crazy this market is. But Elon tweets that he loves Etsy two hours ago and the stock blasts off. That's that's the news. Gotcha. I, yep. I, I wish I could what tell you something you else, but that's it. That's it. Uh, I mean, this is just this market. It's a silly market. It gets a tweet from Elon Musk, and you know people are like, "Oh, the algos, what's that mean?" He likes Etsy. What's that mean? Is Tesla going to do a deal with Etsy? What's going to happen here? <laughs> I mean, you know, it's just, he threw out a comment. It's a fun comment. Self, I kind of like Etsy. Self-driving sweaters and crap. Self-driving sweaters. <laughs> Wait, is it a sweater for his dog? Yeah. Well, maybe, uh, maybe he's going to put the solar no. aspect of it. No, maybe it's going to be this. He's going to put the solar aspect into his sweaters where actually, you know, you put on your clothes and these are solar clothes and you go out there and you come in and you just light up the whole world. So anyways, it's a bad joke. But Etsy. Up 18 points on this nonsense. But one thing I'll say, it's making new all-time highs. I yeah. like short stocks making new all-time highs. 
So is the move stupid? Absolutely. Is this market stupid? Absolutely. Can you make money on the long side in this stupid market? Absolutely. So I'm I'm not jumping in either way on this though. It's up 18 points. I like chasing stocks, even though everybody's getting paid to chase. Uh, but you know, this is a dumb move, but it's not an automatic fade. If we're in normal markets, I would fade the hell out of this move. I would be short right now in normal markets. We are not normal markets. Stocks making new all-time highs. I'm out. It's not trading. Uh phew. 232.39. That's your pre market high. Pretty good volume traded off that. You've leaked, I think, after you did that. I'm going to give you a number ahead of that. Looks like someone said, okay, 230. I want out at 230. I want to sell as much stock at 230 as I can. You hit 230.57 and they, they knocked it down. Then you have two 15 minute highs at 230. Uh, I'm not sure about where the option open interest is in this one, but uh, ahead of that high, I'd take a look at 230. On the downside, and this is just very short term, uh, you know, looking at a 15-minute chart, someone's been holding this thing up at 224.50. So let's call that support, and let's call, you know, 225, 230. Let it bounce around in that area uh, besides see if it decides to break out, take out that pre-market high, or you get some profit takers. Right. Negative yesterday. We, Bad day we, yesterday. We got to talk about the stock. And yes, we're saving the grand finale, the best I, for last. It's beyond me. It's got a headline. Uh, but this is a short squeeze, folks. This is a massive short squeeze here. What's the short interest on beyond me? I got 22%. It's pretty high. I wish uh, I would have saw this one yesterday. Uh, I don't actually know. This is a follow-through headline, perfect timed headline to squeeze the living hell out of everyone who is short this thing. And this is the squeeze. This squeezed yesterday. That was the move yesterday. You can see the, the short squeeze in it from 140 to 164. And now it's got a headline with a deal with Pepsi or something. And it is just, I don't know. I, I don't have the headline in front of me. I, I, I have it in front of me. I'll read it to you. Read it uh, to me. They announced a joint venture. I mean, this seems obvious, right? But they announced a joint venture with Pepsi to develop snacks, plant-based snacks. Because we know Pepsi, you know, has, has Frito Lay and all those snack brands. So now we got plant-based snacks coming. Not that stock headline. would rip on that headline in a normal market. It's got a high short interest. It's got an awesome headline. I'm not surprised it's up 35%. Is it justified? No, none of this is justified. But in this market, in this market, you're squeezing the shorts. You got a headline that's justified to get a good move. And you know it's it's and you squeezed them yesterday too because some people are like ah oh, that move's stupid I'm gonna fade that move. These fading moves on high short interest stocks right now you are asking for trouble again intraday you can do anything you take these moves overnight right now trouble. So I would say you know what I was saying before is like you can always stop yourself out intraday. You start taking stocks overnight. You know you can look at this and say well I was gonna stop myself at 164. It's 217. What do I do? I mean you're buried. So I hope they I hope the snacks taste better than the burgers. Yeah, it doesn't even matter. The fundamentals don't matter. The story is intact here, at least for now. This is a good headline for the stock. It's ripping higher here. It's gonna challenge that all-time high at 239, I think. I think it's gonna challenge the all-time high. Incredible that we are in this market. A bag holder bailout market. I mean, there's a lot of bag holders in beyond me. And you know what? They're getting bailed out here today. Would I sell into it if I owned it? Yeah, I would. But I'm not shorting the stock. I can't short the stock. It's got a high short interest. It's got a good headline. We saw stupidity happen already in GameStop. Could have happened in Beyond Meat? It could. I mean, but it's a good headline. I mean, they got to start expanding the business to try to justify the multiple. The multiple is just stupid. But valuation doesn't matter. Fundamentals don't matter. So up 57 points on this headline? Doesn't surprise me. Not in this market. Nothing surprises you in this market. All right. Uh, I'm just mad that I was long it and then I've got bearish it. And then, you know, so anyways, I got chopped around and made nothing in Beyond Me. I lost some money in Beyond Me. So I don't know. I, I, I was back in December. I was like, it's setting up. It was starting to look like it wanted to break out. And then the head and shoulders happened and it broke down. And I'm like, well, it wants to break down. So, you know, it, it looked like it wanted to break down. Well, I held that low from November. And then we went into this everything rallying market. And now we went into short squeeze market. And if you're short anything in this market, you are getting punished. Short and overnight is scary. Short and intraday, okay. You know, as long as you get yourself an out. Short and overnight, bad things happen right now. Uh, that two third, what what's that all time high? Uh, and that was on a short squeeze too. Remember, uh, July two thousand nineteen, two thirty nine seventy one. 
That's twenty three bucks away. It's already up fifty seven and a half bucks. So there's a good target for Run you. your scans. If you're short of stock, it's got twenty to twenty five percent short interest and it hasn't gone yet, I would cover. Because it's just a disaster waiting to have the risk put it back on when we get out of this. But right now we're in this market where we are trying to punish as many shorts. Like I said, I'm even scared to short anything overnight right now. I'm scared. Like I, an inch a day, I'll put on shorts. But overnight, I'm spooked because what if I'm in that bad stock? And if I put on like 50 shorts overnight, the odds are I'm going to be in one bad stock. It could have easily been short beyond me. I mean, just from a, you know, and I, not that, but if I was just doing well, like a market making, right. Yeah, if right. I was just doing index arb and not that beyond meets and all the indexes. But I mean, if you're just looking at just doing arbitrage overnight, you could be short and be horrible. So you got to know what you're short right now. And right now, anything with a high short interest is guilty until proven innocent from the short side. They're liking Pepsi on this too, trading up to 142. I don't know if we have many Pepsi traders well, that's here. Just dumb. Yeah, it's that's just dumb. It. You know what? But again, who knows? Clorox had a 20 point move yesterday out of nowhere. So 142.50. Don't let stocks get away from you. Don't let the trades get away from you. Three trade, three highs right at that 142.50 area if we have any Pepsi traders out there. All right. That's going to be a, a wrap for us here. I want to I want to promote some other things in programming. We've got the president and chief strategy officer of Arrival. That is the company that is merging with CIIC. That's a SPAC. It'll be on SPAC's attack today at 11 a.m. Eastern time. We've also got the power hour at noon. And Joel and I will be back at 3.40 as always. Thanks to our guest today, Nick Shaheen. Thanks to all of you in our chats. Hit that like button, man. It takes like a half a second of your day. Hit like, hit share, post it on Twitter, post it on MySpace if, if that's still a thing. What's our know. record for likes? How many likes have we ever had? I don't actually know what our, what our all-time high was. We need to find out that all-time. We're 554. I, I feel like that's pretty high, what's 562. A, what's the ratio, though? I mean, like, uh, that's a pretty good ratio. Don't even talk about it. Yeah, <laughs> 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 no, we know. We've seen that happen before. The so. ratio you're saying of likes to dislikes? Yeah. yeah. It, but no, it's, the it's all engagement, right man. Now, it's all engagement. So, I mean, that's pretty – I think that's high. I don't know the YouTube algorithm, so I'll have to work on that this afternoon. 6.30. Right. We got to a 1,000 one day. It would be nice to get to a 1,000 likes. We, we we will get there. We will get there. Uh, We're trying. You, you can catch a replay of this show on every major podcast platform. If you listen to our show via podcast, please remember all the information on our show is meant to be used as informational purposes, not for investing or trading advice. Uh, yeah, email us, questions, comments, concerns, pre-market at Benzinga.com. Get some swag, shop at Benzinga.com. I think I got that right. The link is in the description of the video. That's all I know. I put all the links to Benzinga Pro, to the store. Everything is in the description of this video on YouTube. Um, that's a wrap. We'll see you later. Everyone, good luck in your trades and stay safe. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, 
accounting, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.